0: Bringing you everything under the Disney umbrella. Network 1901. Hey everyone, Shannon here. This week's story is from Katie. Katie is the number one resource to go to if you want to know all things Darth Maul. Seriously, she has taught me so much and I laugh every single day because I have Katie in my life. So without further ado, welcome to episode 55 of Lipstick and Lightsabers. why hello welcome in come yes get cozy it's story time <laughs> hi you guys um my name is katie horn you might know me as Hot dameron on twitter and i would like to tell you about a magical wonderful year called 1995. now I don't actually know if it was a magical year, but I think it was because that was the year that I discovered Star Wars. And now I think everybody has that magical year. You know, you have that that moment when you discovered Star Wars, you know, for some people it was 1977. You know, what what whatever time you discovered Star Wars, it 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 impacts you, right? It it sticks with you and Even though I was only seven, I have such a clear memory of it. Um, 1995 was, of course, when uh, Star Wars was re-released on VHS tape. Um, This was just two years before 97, when Star Wars would go to theaters again for the 20th anniversary. Um, So, for me at least, Star Wars was very much under the radar. You know, as a kid at school, um, but you know, kids didn't have like Darth Vader backpacks back then. You know, it, Star Wars wasn't on everybody's minds the way, you know, nowadays you go to a school and, you know, you can see hundreds of kids have Star Wars stuff. It, it definitely wasn't like that in 95, at least not the way I remember it. And uh, I remember my parents brought home this, uh, you know, new movie. I was very excited, you know, like, oh, cool What's the movie? I want to see and they wouldn't let me watch it. Actually They thought it would be too scary for me And I was looking at this, you know, scary guy with this scary black helmet on the cover and I was like, okay yeah, maybe it is too scary for me, but I was entranced I had to know what was going on with like this scary black guy, you know, guy with the black mask and, you know, what's up with this like wrinkled green alien that's on the cover of the other box. And, you know, I was just like, I, I had to know. And because I wasn't allowed to watch it, I ended up watching it in secret. You know, when my parents weren't around, <laughs> you know, just imagine little seven year old me sneaking off, you know, <laughs> hiding away, <laughs> watching this movie like it's something dirty. <laughs> But that was, that was, that was real. That's, you know, that was my experience, and um, I I had no idea that you were supposed to watch these movies in any sort of order, but I I do remember that I, I, by pure chance, I guess, I watched A New Hope before I watched any of the others, and I didn't know anything about Star Wars going into it. I, I had no idea that Darth Vader was Luke's father, you know, like I said, it just, it wasn't in, it wasn't in the cultural zeitgeist at the time, you know, Star Wars was very much over, it was that nostalgic thing that, you know, oh, maybe we'll get episode one someday, who knows, is George Lucas working on it, eh, who cares, it was 20 years ago, (laughs) you know, like, You know, if you had said to me, Luke, I am your father, you're like, I would have no idea what you were talking about, you know, back in 95, gosh. So it was a completely fresh experience and I I am just so incredibly grateful for that. But it was also a really lonely experience because I was discovering it in secret and because I wasn't supposed to be watching these movies, I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't share it with anybody. And I, I remember feeling very isolated because it it was profound. You know, Star Wars deals with some, like, really heavy stuff. You know, this idea that Luke's father was this person that had hurt him so much. And at the end, Luke chooses love and throws down his lightsaber. And, and I'm seven years old and I have nobody to talk to about this. <laughs> You know, um, to say that it changed me is is an understatement. It, it, it rewrote my DNA. It rewrote how I thought about things, how I thought about stories. But again, I was very, very alone in that feeling. Come two years later, <laughs> it's 1997. Star Wars is being re-released in theaters. People are thinking about it again. And um, gosh, I remember again, I just remember it so clearly. I, I must be nine years old at this point. And um, actually, my mother is in the hospital and I'm staying with my aunt. And my aunt says, hey, come on, I'm gonna take you to the movies. I'm like, okay. And we get there and it turns out we're gonna watch Star Wars. <laughs> and I'm just absolutely flabbergasted, like, oh my gosh, I'm allowed to watch Star Wars now. I'm, I'm, I must be a big kid because I'm allowed to watch Star Wars now. <laughs> and uh, my aunt takes me up to the ticket booth and I'm just, I'm just trembling with excitement. You know, I, I finally, I get to share Star Wars with somebody and we get up to the ticket booth and my aunt's credit card isn't working. Well, the credit card reader isn't working. Guy says, sorry, cash only. And and my aunt's like, I I don't have any cash. I only have, you know, we... We can't pay for it, we can't get in, and I was just, I was so crushed. And the guy at the ticket booth, I remember he looked at me and I must have given him like the saddest little girl eyes, you know, maybe maybe he was wearing pigtails, you know, just like completely breaking this guy's heart, I don't know. <laughs> but I must have looked so truly sad because he said, you know what, it, don't worry about it, just come on in, come watch the movie. And he actually like came out of the ticket booth this was, this was a small place, by the way. It was like not, <laughs> it was not crowded. It was just like, this guy totally just walked out of the ticket booth and he took my hand and he got me a popcorn. <laughs> you know, and my aunt's all like, can I pay you back? Can I? And the guy's like, no, just don't even worry about it. Go watch the movie, go have fun. And it was amazing. I just, I was like, this is what Star Wars does. <laughs> You know, I was finally sharing it, I was living it, and I kind of knew that this was a special thing. This was so special that the guy would do this for us. You know, he, he, I don't think he would have done that for any other movie, maybe he would have. Maybe if I was, you know, a crying little kid, maybe he would have, but I think he knew. It's like, oh, this is Star Wars. You gotta, you gotta share it. You gotta pass it on, right? You gotta share that love. Cut to 1999, and suddenly, Star Wars is everywhere. <laughs> the Phantom Menace is coming out, Star Wars is back, it is full on mania and just I felt like my heart was exploding out of my chest and just spilling out into the world all around me because again like this thing that it started off as so private and so like just for me had slowly had grown to something that I had shared with my aunt and now it was everywhere it was on. Pepsi cans like anybody, you know, that anybody that remembers 1999 will tell you that just Phantom Menace was on everything. You couldn't go into the grocery store without like, you know, Padmé's face was going to be on your bananas and Jar Jar was going to be on your chips and just, <laughs> I I It was was a fever. It was a frenzy. And I remember just looking around and being like, wow, it's finally come. Like, I am living this experience with everybody else. Star Wars is no longer this thing that exists in the past. It's no longer this thing that just exists inside of me. It is everywhere. And I remember feeling like so connected. I could run up to another kid at school and talk about Star Wars and they would know what I'm talking about. And it was like the most freeing feeling Which will bring me to, you know, how do I engage with fandom, part two of the story. (laughs) I engage with fandom by basically just by screaming as loud as I can um, on Twitter, on podcasts, you know, at meetups. Um, I I, I did a panel just screaming about my (laughs) my Darth Maul love at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. I. I really don't know how to be quiet about how I feel about Star Wars. Like even when it's profoundly negative, I'm just being like salty online. (laughs) Shortly after the Phantom Menace came out, I moved actually, which, you know, can be hard on any kid, you know? Moving and you gotta make new friends. And I remember I got to my new school and there was a report due in history class. The teacher said I didn't have to do it because, you know, I was new, I just got there. And basically what they had to do every every kid in class had researched um, some historical figure and they were supposed to come uh, dressed up as that (laughs) come to school come to class dressed up as that figure and then give a report you know like like um, you're doing your autobiography say say you were Abraham Lincoln you would come dressed as Abraham Lincoln and then give a report as if you're telling your life story you know you had to get into character it's very dramatic and I was like Okay, I I just got here, but I have a really good idea. Can I do it anyway? Please, 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 can I do it anyway? And the teacher was like, okay, sure, go ahead. And the next day, I come to school dressed as Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, specifically, I come dressed as old Ben Kenobi from A New Hope. I have like a white Santa beard and I had like grabbed a brown blanket and draped it over my shoulders and tied it around my waist with a belt so that I looked like an old Jedi. (laughs) And I gave, I gave my autobiography like detailing my life because of course you know the Phantom Menace had just came out so I talked about my epic duel with Darth Maul and how I trained Anakin Skywalker but he fell to the dark side and became Darth Vader. It was was a thing okay. (laughs) And then I talked about how I died, <laughs> like, and the teacher was just all like, oh, "All right, here we go." <laughs> but that report, it—I <laughs> was the weird new kid. I was that—I was that Star Wars girl again. I engage with fandom just by screaming as loud as I can, and I don't regret it for a second because that report made me my two best friends uh, at that school. Um, we. We were Star Wars friends, and I swear, seriously, we called each other Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Anakin. I was Anakin <laughs> because I was the mo- one most likely to fall to the dark side. <laughs> seriously, just you know, imagine these like three sixth grade girls just running around calling each other Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Anakin. And that that'll bring us to to part three. Like, how has Star Wars impacted your life? And I feel like so many people say this, but it's true. It, it's true. Okay. Star Wars has brought so many connections and friends into my life. It, it has brought shared joy and shared grief. I, I've talked about you know how I'm always just screaming about how I feel, and you know even even when it's negative, I feel like. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be disappointed with Star Wars or, or disappointed with a, a Star Wars, you know, product. And it's all about what you do with that anger. You know, are, are, are you attacking the actors online? You know, th- That's not good. That's definitely giving in to the dark side, but you're allowed to have those feelings and share your anger and share your grief you know turn i i turn my anger into just honestly just shit posts on twitter you know taking that anger and transforming it into humor to make people laugh to take that grief and anger and turn it into shared joy because to me that's what star wars is it star wars wants us to know that we are not alone you are not alone star wars is hands reaching across time and stars and space impossible distances to to touch you to touch your heart and to let you know that you are not and you will never be alone and that's what it is I started off with my Star Wars just so alone, but I'm not anymore because I have all of you. I have you right now listening to this and it doesn't matter if you listen to it, you know, the second that I speak these words or if you hear it a 100 years after I die, it doesn't matter. I'm reaching across time and space to tell you that you are not alone. That's what Star Wars has brought into my life, and I hope it just continues to do that for everyone, forever, (laughs) even when I'm mad at it, (laughs) even when it's making me cry, (laughs) that's what it is. And that's what I'm excited for in the future. I, I know that there's gonna be, ooh, there's gonna be new Darth Maul stuff coming up soon. <laughs> you know, my brand. <laughs> We're gonna get the Siege of Mandalore in Clone Wars and I'm just so so excited for that. And I know that it, it might make me cry, <laughs> it might make me angry, but that's okay because you guys are here to hold my hand and I am so grateful for that. I love you all so much. I love you guys at Lipsticks and Lightsabers for raising up female voices in this fandom because we need that so much, okay? (laughs) You guys are amazing and I love you, okay? I can't say that enough. I love you. Take care. You've been listening to Lipstick and Lightsabers presented by Network 1901. This week's story was from Katie and you can find her on Twitter at Pohot If you'd like to be part of the show you can send in your Star Wars story to Lipstick Lightsabers 1901 at gmail.com I'd like to give a special thank you to our patrons for making this show happen and if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us at Lip underscore Lightsabers and myself at McCarter Shannon. I'll see you guys next time. Bye!